Welcome to another great edition of Central Indiana Today. This is one of the reasons that this show even exists. Our guest today has a great story. She owns a business here in Brownsburg, and she was not born here. And we're going to tell her story, or let her tell you her story, of how she came to America, what she went through, as well as starting a business here in Brownsburg, what she went through with that. And I have a special message to you from her at the end of this interview. So you want to be sure and stay tuned all the way to the very end to Central Indiana Today with me, Shane Ray, on WYRZ. Central Indiana Today. Shane Ray talks with the newsmakers in and around Hendricks County. And now your host, Shane Ray. Welcome to another edition of Central Indiana Today. Of course, I am your host, Shane Ray. And this week we have someone new in the studio. I'm not even sure if she's been in the building before. I guess we'll find out. But uh, she is... um, someone very special full disclosure she cuts my hair but the whole time she's cutting my hair she's talking she's telling me stories and you're going to find out why she's making uh, the appearance on central indiana today here in just a few minutes but first i want you to get to know her uh more specific as far as uh what her name is and uh, where she lives and things like that so let's start off with adit Yes. How is Adit? Adit is wonderful this morning. Thank you very kindly. Good, good. Now, uh, say your last name for me. Loturco. Adit Vima Loturco. I have my maiden name is my middle name. I left my my middle name because my father, when he died, Mm -hmm. that was the last of the Mohicans. So I promised him I will keep his name alive because we had no boys. I will keep his name alive because he's very traditional Mm -hmm. as long as I can. So I hyphened. The name actually that he gave me, which was Dorothea, but I let that go and say, okay, no, it's Edith Vimot uh, Lotarko. Okay. Yes, sorry about that. <laughs> so, no, that's okay. I can see why it might take you a second, <laughs> especially if you don't use the name every day. It no, makes a little difference. So, uh, well, in case you couldn't tell by uh, the way she talks, she's not from Brownsburg originally. And that's what we're going to get into. We're going to talk about Adit, uh, her history, uh, how she came to this country, the process that she went through, and also want to let everyone know that she does own a business here in Brownsburg. We're not here to promote the business necessarily, but we will talk about uh, what she's gone through to get that business going. And um, the business is named Elite Edit. Elite Edit, yeah. yes. And it's here in Brownsburg. And let's talk a little bit um, uh, starting off with uh, where you were born. I was born in Bremerhaven, Germany. Okay. It's the northern part of, really furthest northern part of Germany. Actually, in Germany, we call it Die Wasserkante. That means uh, the border of the water, you could say. It's very close to the waters by the Weser River. Mm. And the East Sea and the North Sea flows into the Weser River. And we have a really big, uh, we say Columbus Kaya, which is a really big pier where the big boats from all over the world, they 
go go there if uh, you have a late. I call it a laden full a full boat, like with a lot of stuff inside the boat. Mm-hmm. But they can't make it all the way up to Bremen, which is my sister, which is our sister city. So they made the port of Bremen, which is Bremerhaven, mm-hmm. and you know, and take it and unload the ships, mm-hmm. and then they put it like on trucks and on trains and send it to Bremen that way. So that's how we became Bremerhaven. Ah. So the port of Bremen. And we have the longest pier, I believe, in Europe, which is five miles long. Five miles long? Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, what was your, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, what was your exposure uh, to the United States there where you were living in as you were growing up? Well, Bremerhaven had a really big naval, army, air force, and marine base. Hmm. And my father, believe it or not, he was an electrician. And he worked for the armed forces and as a private contractor, as, on, a contractor hmm. under the German, but working on the base. And that's really when I was already a young girl, I always got exposed to Americans. It was very interesting because Americans are Germans. They were so different, mm-hmm. you know? So I remember walking on the street sometimes, and I was 12, something like that, 12, 13, and there were American soldiers in front of us, but they were in civilian clothing. And I would talk to Mama, and I would say, Mama, I said, there are Americans in front of us. And she would always say, how do you know that? <laughs> I said, I know. I said, they have signs. And she says, signs. I said, number one, I said, their wallet is always in their back pocket. Mm. And I said, and then I said, if you pass them up, I said, they carry cigarettes over in their shirt. Mm -hmm. And I said, and then I said, believe it or not, Mama, they got a penny in the shoe. And I said, and that gives a total away. And they may not have the cigarettes. They may not have the wallet. I said, but when you look down on those shoes and see that penny in the shoe, you knew they're Americans. (laughs) And she would always say, indeed. I said, Let's walk a little faster. I said, come on, we go around him. And so we would, we would go around him. And naturally, I was always kind of outgoing. I would say, hello, in English. Mm-hmm. And they'd go, hello. And I said, look at the shoes, look at the shoes. And <laughs> she would look down. She goes, there is a penny there. I said, told you. <laughs> <laughs> So you were like uh, the uh, the detective of the family, yes. so to speak. And it was, you know, Americans are just so much fun. Mm-hmm. I always had so much fun because in Germany, I grew up very polite. Mm-hmm. I had to curtsy till I was about 16 years old. Mm. You know, if you meet somebody on the street, at least to my time, uh, our neighbor, he would come up to my mother, and if it would be a gentleman, he would take his hat off, and he kind of bows to my mama, and he would shake her hand, and he would shake my hand, and I would curtsy, and he would say, how are you two lovelies doing today? <laughs> so I kind of grew up very, very polite, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely, and always the last name, never the first name. Right. So as a child, it was always Mrs. Miller, mm-hmm. or who was living downstairs, or Mrs. Boomgarten, who lived downstairs. Because I grew up in a row house. It was a 700-square-foot apartment. Hmm. So it was one door with four apartments. And so I never heard my mama say, who was our neighbor across, say, good morning, Lena. Because it was always good morning, Mrs. Horn. Hmm. You know, so you never used the first first name ever which with americans hello can we talk 
Yeah. It was like, hey, my name is Joe. My name is Jim. My name is Lisa. Mm -hmm. And it was just such a Marvy RV, you know, <laughs> to have somebody just so kind of forward like this mm -hmm. and open like this. And I thought, ooh, I said, I like this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Now, what, uh, about what age was it that you left? Uh, I was 21. I met my ex-husband when I was going on 18. And uh, we uh, got married when I was 21. And then we got stationed in Spain. Okay. So yes. he was in the military. He was in the Navy. He was in the Navy. Yes. Okay. He was there. Yes. And uh, so, but until then, I learned to go to before then, like between, you could say, 16, 17, 18, then, you know, you started going out a little bit and mm -hmm. stuff. And in Germany, to that time, we had a curfew of nine. Mm. So until 21. So you, between, I would say, 14, believe it or not, we were allowed to go dancing. Mm. But nine o'clock was curfew. And that was it, you know. And as you gotten older, <laughs> you kind of said, okay, Let's go the, the back roads because it's 9.30. And they had police. There were certain police were assigned. It was called die Sittensenpolizei. It means probably the police of good behavior, you could say that. Ah, okay? okay. So if you were caught three times in the row, it could be possible that you got sent to a home and had to stay there till you were 21. Oh, wow. Yes. So it was very tight because... I remember when I just turned 21, I guess I was, had a fortune a little bit. I never really looked my age when I was very young. I just turned 21, and we all went celebrating. And I had to go to the loo. I came back from the loo. And there comes this big citizen polizai, one big policeman. Mm -hmm. And he came up to me, and I remember it to the day. And he went with his finger like this, <laughs> come over here. And I was just, like, delighted because I thought, I said, and you always had your passport with you. Mm -hmm. He wanted to see my passport. So I gave him my passport and I thought, all righty then. Yes. <laughs> so he looked at it and he said, oh, he said, you just made it, didn't you? I said, whoop, whoop, that's right. <laughs> all right. So uh, and your husband was American? My husband was American. He was from Horse Cave, Kentucky. Oh, wow. Yes. That's not far from here. No, it's not. Just uh, two and a half hours. It maybe? gave me a little bit of a shock. Yeah. Because I came from the Mediterranean to Horse Cave, Kentucky. Yeah. It's not exactly a hustle and bustle <laughs> no. of New York or right. Chicago. No cabs, no buses. Yeah. No, no shopping Very centers. Yeah. Yes. I asked if that was there, and he said no. I, and I said, I don't know where you're going to be tomorrow, but I know, <laughs> isn't there a city called Louisville? I said, that's where we're going to go. <laughs> All right, so you spent some time in Spain, though. Yes, I lived in Spain and rode to Spain. I was there for four years. Mm. Now, I was not able to, to work there because I was considered an, um, a, a, you could say, a third um, nationality gotcha. because I was German, excuse me, married to an American living in Spain. Ah. So I did a lot of volunteer work. I worked at the hospital because I tried to learn Spanish so I could help there. I did babysitting. I did just some art and craft shows and stuff like this. But I truly enjoyed Spain. It was mm. very, very pretty. It was really nice. Yes. So we were there for four years. And then where'd you go from Spain? From Spain, we got the orders. We got the orders to come here. 
So um, my first flight scared me to death. I was so <laughs> I was so nervous. I remember that, and I landed in. So we went from uh, Sp- from Spain to Philadelphia. And we landed in Philadelphia, and I remember looking out at the <laughs> looking out of the airplane, and there, I guess they have a lot of wetlands. Mm-hmm. And I remember I said, "Boy, I said it looks like a lot of cow flaps down there," <laughs> because I remember it was so swampy. It looked just like that from from, from the air. You know, from the air. Yeah. And I remember remember landing, and my feet hitting the in the airplane, but then when my feet hit the ground and I was standing on the Philadelphia airport and I was going, oh my, I'm in America. Mm-hmm. I'm, and immediately because I was married to an American, luckily I got, I got the green card right away. Oh, So I got my green card right away. Mm-hmm. And then we moved naturally from there. We came here to, to Louis, could say Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And I stayed there for eight years doing my um, American, did I do my American? No, I don't think so. So I stayed there for eight years, and I worked, became became a hairdresser over there, did my schooling and everything. And then one day I was invited to come to French Lake, Indiana. Hmm. And I had a kind of a date because my husband and I, we got a divorce about a year and a half after I got here. Mm. And so I had gone back home, but I liked America so much. You know, and you can't go back after four or five years being away from something. And I had told my mom and dad as much as I love them, but I wanted to live here because I also felt like I had much more opportunity Mm -hmm. and a little bit more freedom, Mm -hmm. you know. And so they said, you... You make yourself happy where you want to be happy. And father was a a world traveler. He was a sailor. He traveled the whole world. Mm -hmm. So he could understand the way I feel. Mm -hmm. And so uh, then when I came to Louisville after eight years being there, I had that date. And I came to French Lake, Indiana. And they showed me all the stuff in the spa. And I said, oh, you have this and this and this and this. And they said, yes. And so we went to a cabaret there, and it was very nice. The next morning, I received a phone call from my friend and said, French Lake wants to talk to you, the lady at the spa. And I said, on Sunday? Yeah. So I went, and they asked me if I wanted to be the assistant spa director there because I knew how to give facials and manicures and pedicures and hair and everything. And I said, I love to. And so I traveled for almost a year and a half to go back and forth. I need the cows by my name. Traveling that same road, honey, can we talk? Every morning I would say, hello, Lisa, how are you? So we, so we know. And then after a year and a half, about a year, I would say, I decided that I wanted to live there. So I moved in with a friend of mine for a little while. And then after about a year and a half, I missed the city. I love the city. Mm-hmm. So we decided to come to Indianapolis. She was the massage therapist there. And we came over here. And that's how I came to Indianapolis. Okay. And the reason I like Indianapolis because when I took a bus tour one time to visit a friend in Chicago, I was pretty new then. I was only here like a year. Mm-hmm. Our bus broke down in Indy. Oh. And we had to go for a little walk to get it fixed. 
and I saw all the buildings and everything. Mm -hmm. And I told the person that I was walking with, they just were a person from the bus. I said, I'm going to live here one day because it looks so much like Europe. Hmm. So that's why I love Indianapolis. So it reminded you of the oh, old home place. Yes. All the old buildings, you mm -hmm. know, when I was walking, everything. Oh, it was so cool, honey. It was just so cool. And I thought, I want to leave here. And I love our circle. You mm -hmm. know, the monument and mm -hmm. everything. Oh, yes. I just thought, this is so cool. I love it. Plus, it's further north. Mm -hmm. When you're a northerner, you always want to go further north. <laughs> now, yes. about roughly what year would this be that uh, you were I, deciding I came this? here to Indy. I would say probably in 1980, 1978, no, 1981 maybe. Okay. Hold on. 81, 1980, 1985 probably. Okay. Yes. Sometime in the early to mid 80s. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, that's what I did. All right. And so you decided you want to move to Indianapolis. And yes. uh, now did you live in the city? No, I never lived in the city. I always lived on the outside. I came into, I lived on High School Road. Okay. I lived in that area. And then I found me a job right away. You know, you got to survive. Yeah. So I'll find a job right away. And I worked a couple of jobs. And then I got hired by a gentleman called Dale's Designers. And he was downtown at the uh, Union Station. He's not there anymore mm. since it's, everything changed in Union sure. Station. And that was fun because, it, again, it reminded me on Europe. <laughs> I always, even though you are in the United States, but as a European, you always follow your roots a little bit. You want a little bit of your roots, you mm -hmm. know? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I love bratwurst forever. It doesn't mean I can't incorporate hamburgers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Now, um, what brought you to Brownsburg? All right. I was working downtown and uh, uh, number seven design group. And the owner was Leo Lograda. And I loved him. He was a sweet, I think he's gone to heaven now. He was a sweetheart. So I, the girl that I was working with, she was my boss. And she must have not liked me or something. Hmm. But she just decided not for, to keep me. And I don't know why. And so I left. And the minute I left, I came right away to uh, here to Brownsburg because Shirley, she owned Mies and Company. And I knew Shirley from shows and stuff like that when we go to hair shows. Mm -hmm. And I went to her and I said, do you, that was in 1986, I think. I said, would you please have a job for me? I said, I don't have a job anymore. And she goes, you hired Edith. And I said, Marvy Arvy. I said, I'll take it. <laughs> so the next day, um, they called me back and asked me if I wanted to come back because he said, that's stupid what she did. And I said, no, I already got a new job. Mm. And so I stayed with Marsha Meese for about 1991. And then one of my customers opened Brownsburg Tan and Spa and the Hair Company. Mm -hmm. And I was the little hair company. I was in the back of the building. It was like a, where they used to have a photographer over here. He looked like Abraham Lincoln. I forgot his name. Yes, um, Wilbur Tagg. And, and he had that little there. house right there, right next to Whirler. Whirler, the, 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 it was a, a alcohol store, like where you sell alcohol and mm -hmm. stuff. And it was right next to, next to them. Mm -hmm. And so, and his name was um, Ron up. Kenworthy. 
Ron Kimberly offered me the job. Oh, okay. And, yes. And then that's when we called it Brownsburg Tenants by the Hair Company. And I took the back. It looked like a little kitchen area. Mm-hmm. That's where I stayed. And I, I love Ron. I knew Ron for a long, long time. And um, unfortunately, he went too early to heaven. Mm. But God says, hello, can we talk? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, from there, I decided I kind of wanted my own. I just wanted my own. Mm-hmm. So the girlfriend that I had, her name was Michelle, and she's in Florida right now. She said, Edita, I have a building for you, which is right there on School Street mm-hmm. and 136. I said, well, I don't know if I can do this. But at that time, I knew a gentleman. We were good friends. And I guess you could say we dated. And um, he said, I'll tell you what, I put down the money in the uh, for you to purchase this building. And he said, and then you just pay me back. I said, Marvie, let's go do it. <laughs> so, and I'm kind of a little bit of a go-getter. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you could say... I run before I walk. Sometimes mm-hmm. I should have walked maybe a couple times, but that's okay. You find out later. Yeah. So anyway, we purchased the building, and then him and I had a fallen out. Mm. I was cutting one of his um, friend's hair, and he knew I was German. Mm-hmm. And I was as I was cutting his hair, his friend said to me, "You nothing but a Jewish hating," mm. and. I laid my scissors and combed down, and I said, you're done with this haircut. I think you should get the rest cut the other side by somebody else, but not me. So he he named me that again. Mm. And then because we were like, by that time, we were more people in there. So mm-hmm. I went to the, the, the manager, and it was the owner's daughter. I said, would you please have him removed? I called him, and I said, hey, this and this happened. And he said, oh, you're just way too sensitive. Hmm. And I said, you know, don't call me. I'll call you. Hmm. I said, we'll fix this. I said, I'll fix it. So I had four credit cards. I emptied all my credit cards. I paid them back. I mean, two, three times maybe I paid them back. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the money, I became the subcontractor to my building. I hired my customers and said, would you please... Do this for me. Would you please do that for me? That was in 1997 when we're still somewhat easy to do things like that. You know, it's not like the way it is right now. Yeah. So anyway, and uh, everybody was just so helpful. I mean, you know, I have to say when Americans come together and they want to do something or they want to help you, they are there. I mean, there were, I, I heard, uh, an electrician, a painter, uh, people who do carpenter work because it was a house that needed to be refurbished into a beauty shop, mm-hmm. you know? And I told them how I wanted it designed. And they said, well, you want it this way or that way. And they were just working with me so lovely. And they they helped me finish my first shop. So I worked hard in order to pay, naturally, my credit cards back, mm-hmm. which I did. And you know, that's how I gained my little elite edit. And I am so grateful because I'll be very honest with you, I wouldn't have been able to do that in, in my country. Mm. You know, that's why I say this country is, is enormously wonderful because you cannot find the gold on the street. 
absolutely not. But I tell you what, if you work and dig for it and find the right way and do it the right way, you can find it. You can't be lazy in this country. Mm. But if you say, I want to do this and strive for it, you can do this. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then in 2004, I had a fire. A gentleman upstairs, he put the, uh, the uh, boxes between the rafters mm-hmm. and he choked the wires. Mm-hmm. And so I was in the building. Oh, wow. Nobody s- s- smelled anything. And all of a sudden, I have somebody knocking on, there were like two extra doors, and knocked on one door and said, ma'am, ma'am, your building is on fire. And I was working on a gentleman, you can, I was working on a gentleman who was coloring his hair, you know, and I go, and he was just sitting there, and I walked, he says, your building is on fire, and I'm going, okay, (laughs) I don't see any flames, but that's okay. Then another lady up front, she says, ma'am, ma'am, your building is on fire. So I went to the side, and there the steps go up, and all I saw was this huge flame coming out of the attic. Oh. Ooh, honey, my little gentleman butt went so tight you wouldn't be able to put a pit up there. So I went back, and I went, uh, you're right. My building is on fire. So I walked up, I went up to my gentleman, and I lifted up his, his hood, and I said, uh, um, Jeff was his name. I said, Jeff. He goes, Mm-hmm. I said, building is on fire. We need to get out of here. And he looked at me and he goes, you're always so funny, Edith. <laughs> he says, I just want to sleep. And he was sleeping. And he put down the hood. And I go, uh, I have to do something else. So I lifted up the hood and I said, and building is on fire. We need to get that out of here. Otherwise, we're going to get burned up. He goes, oh, my God. So I rinsed his hair off and we got out of there. And by then, naturally, the fire department and everything came back. And unfortunately, the building burned pretty much upstairs and due to the water and everything because we have an old basement Mm -hmm. i mean the building was almost 100 years old the mold just creeped in Mm -hmm. so i had to be destroyed but praise god i built it new with the help again of one of my customer his name is rick collins collins constructions Mm -hmm. he is such a wonderful guy and his wife shannon so sweet Mm -hmm. and they're friends of mine for almost 30 years and they said Yes, we help you, Edith. So I had to argue with the with the um, insurance. That's like another story. Oh, yeah. Had to argue with the insurance. But I finally got my money. And the only thing I can say, my insurance agent, which was Kathy, and she, um, she called me the next day and said, Edith, is everything okay? I said, absolutely. Why? She said, the insurance man called and said, the German girl called again. He said... <laughs> Is she okay? <laughs> I thought it was funny. So anyway, they rebuilt my building right now, and that's how I got back into my building. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm very grateful for it, absolutely. And you're still cutting hair? I'm still cutting hair. I'm still loving it. I'm still enjoying it very much, you know. And that that was that was just the, the nice part. And me becoming an American citizen on the 8th of March in 1988, mm-hmm. that was wonderful. That was my next question. Oh. What, um, when did you decide, okay, it's time I become a part I'll of this country? I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You had to go through so much rigmarole by the airport mm-hmm. because you were still not an American citizen. 
So at that time, we still had to make extra lines, fill out extra papers, and do all of this. Plus, in my heart, I said, why am I doing this? I'm going to live here, and I'm going to die here, because I like America. I want to become an American. Mm. So then I started putting my papers in to become an American citizen. So I studied really hard and everything, and then naturally they tested me, you know. And I uh, remember you had to go and get tested, and naturally I did a boo-boo, you know. My favorite, my favorite president is Abraham Lincoln, and then <laughs> when he asked me who was the first president of the United States, and I go, Abraham Lincoln, and he said, oh, no, I think it started with a W, and I go, oh, that's right, Washington, isn't it? <laughs> so I said that, so I passed, and then you had to go into this big room and you had to sit and wait with others. And we were 64 of us. And right in front of me was another German, hmm. an older man at that time. And um, he cried hmm. and he cried. And um, I don't want to cry. And he <laughs> said, um, aren't we lucky? He said, aren't we lucky? But he said, we went through some <laughs> too, didn't we? Just like that. <laughs> and I go, yeah, kind of. And... Um, but I didn't know what he was talking about because he was older than me. So he probably experienced much more stuff than I did. Mm -hmm. So I just went up to him. I hugged him and I said, I said, we're going to be much better now. I said, it's going to be great. He said, it's going to be great and phenomenal. I said, there you go. And so we just all got up and we lifted up our hand, you know, and we got sworn in by the judge. And I liked the judge because he said, we are grateful to have you and to become an American citizen. He said, but never forget where you come from and never forget what you bring to this country, which I thought was really cool. Mm -hmm. Emilio thought, oh, okay, bratwurst. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> now, something you told me the other day was uh, to tell the story of what they told you about the White House. Oh, I just wanted to get there. Oh. And so, and then uh, he said, don't ever forget. He said that big white house in Washington's belongs to you. He said, that is your house. And he said, the people who are in this house, he says, those are people who work for you. And he said, never forget, Edith, the people in that house, you pay them with your money. He says, don't ever forget all the rights that you have. And I thought it left a, a really strong imprint on me mm -hmm. because I think of some things right now and I'm going, hmm, can we talk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's a great story. And I really appreciate it. Unfortunately, we're running short on time now. Sorry. But uh, Oh, no. This is the way it's supposed to go. Okay. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, do want to remind everyone, you do have a business here in Brownsburg. Yes. It is called Elite Edit. Yes. And you'll be happy anytime you're cutting someone's hair to retell that story, won't you? Amen. All the way, <laughs> darling. All the way. I am proud. I am proud to be an American. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I love it in this country. This country will give you if you dig for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for being our guest today. It's been my total pleasure. As we say in Germany, recht herzlichen Dank, dass ich hier gewesen bin. It means thank you very much that you had me. 
That was Adit. She had so many more things to say, and unfortunately, we couldn't fit them all in this uh, particular show. Maybe we can talk with her again sometime. She did call me back after the interview and said, I forgot to mention two things. Can you please mention them? And I said, sure. And she said, when I came to America to stay, I came here with two suitcases and $98, and I still made it. And the other thing is that... uh, She said she feels it's important when you come to this country, you should learn to speak English. That's the way you're going to make it best and become a success in America. So, once again, we do thank Adit for being our guest today. And join us next time on Central Indiana Today, right here on WYRZ. You've been listening to Central Indiana Today with your host, Shane Ray.